This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Hello, welcome to the Theology Gaming Podcast. My name is Zachary Oliver, the owner and proprietor of the Theology Gaming Blog. And with me today are two special guests. Why do you keep hitting the table? I'm not hitting a table. I'm just hitting my keyboard repeatedly. Uh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Hi, I'm Josh. Uh, or as the internet knows me, I am M. Joshua Caller. And... Hi, I'm Brian. And Brian, nice Brian is very guys. depressed today because... Actually, I'm the only one apparently on this podcast who's not depressed today. Wait, why am I depressed? <laughs> yeah, I know, why, you just had your like, downer voice on. <laughs> I'm so Actually, no, 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 no. I know why you're depressed because today the topic is sin. Yeah, we oh. should all be really depressed. <laughs> What's wrong okay. with sin? <laughs> just crumple. <laughs> and that's actually the thing, like... We have a lot of different attitudes and approaches and thoughts on the subject. So mm-hmm. when I threw out there in our community earlier today, I threw out the question. I was like, so uh, what are some ways that video games deal with sin? And we got a lot of different responses. Jonathan Clausen was like, well, there's philosophy, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I'm sorry, Jonathan. I'm very sorry. I know I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll do you justice in a moment. And they um, say I write walls of text, right? <laughs> Making well, me drink. But that's okay. He, he he basically realized that when we say, how do video games deal with sin, like that's a really, really, really broad topic. Um, and that's partially my my thought and process, but I'm really kind of a, of the mindset of how do we approach sin in video games? One, like ethically, like that's a pretty good question. Uh, then how do we, um, how are some positive examples of video games dealing with sin? What are some like half positive and ultimately negative examples? Those can be helpful to look at too. Um, but first, before we get into any of that, we get into the rest of our topic, we're going to talk about what are we playing? And also to give a little bit of a, a teaser for the, the rest of that topic, my favorite was Jeff Carrion, who responded by saying, um, to the question again is what are some ways that video games deal with sin? And he said, by using a lot of it to sell it to us. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I well, it's to sell us a lot of video games. We're yeah. done. We're done. All done. Done. Mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> Leave it now. That's got five likes, so apparently that was pretty well, <laughs> pretty well received. <laughs> it was well put. Um, so we'll, we'll get into that, and I think that that's yeah. a, a pretty open to- topic, considering a lot of people, when you say video games, they immediately think, oh, this that person likes playing Sin. Um, <laughs> well, not, not, yeah. not like the old, old school PC first person shooter, but like... Oh, you mean that, that game. <laughs> they, just, they just do all the Sin things, and, and that's because that's what all video games are, of course. I have a personal invention um, to make. I bought sure. the first episode of the quote-unquote Sin episodic game, and uh, I played all the way through it. Yeah? So yeah, see, I bought Sin. And so that's why, that's why you don't like episodic games, I'm guessing. Oh, no, well, there wasn't any more episodes after it was finished, nor did I care that there, were any, there weren't any more. So, I, don't even, I didn't even know there was an episodic game related yeah, to that. really? What the heck is huh. that? It wasn't that long ago. It was okay, exclusive so. to Steam, like, forever ago. Reel it in. Reel it in. Episodes. That's huh. what it's called, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So, bringing it right back around, we're going to enter into, what are we playing now? So, what are you getting into? What are you playing? And, Brian Hall, you go first. Well, I've been playing with an elephant who wears a bandana around his head and he runs around like it's amazing. <laughs> so what is the name of the game? Tembo the Badass Elephant. Oh, sin. Talk about it. He's a badass <laughs> elephant. You know what's funny? Is Bad that bleep elephant. You have this title for the game and it has nothing to do with the rest of the game. That's actually a really good point. 
You know, it's 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 clearly marketing. It's it's just to be badass and yeah, awesome. Yeah, but it's, it's it's bad marketing. It's it's flipped upside down, wrong marketing. Considering the entirety of the game, everything about the game is so perfect for kids, except the title. <laughs> yeah, I, I tell Wyatt when we're looking at the screen, you know, as it's loading, I'm like, just ignore that word. Don't read. I just tell him, don't read. Tembo. He's like, what's the game called? I said, it's just, it's called Tembo. It's okay. Tembo just ignore, the... ignore the badass word. Just ignore it. Tembo the elephant. Yeah, the elephant. He's like, can we play the elephant game? Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, that's, that's Tembo. It's like, good. It's just not smart branding at all, but no. um, in terms of... By Game like, Freak. Is he yeah, supposed yeah. to look like uh, Rambo? Is that yeah, kind of the vibe yeah. you're supposed to get? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's that's the idea, right? At the very beginning of the game, you get uh, the general calls up Tembo, who's like just hanging out in the jungle, and he's like, and then Tembo's like, and then he puts on his bandana and he goes to war. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, that's a great story. (laughs) So what's weird about the game is that it plays like a Sonic game in that you attack enemies like with a spin ball attack almost. Wait, a sauna game like in a hot steamy sauna? Yeah, in a sauna game. Where you hang out with a badass elephant, and it gets this is this sounds sweaty. really really gross. It is, and every once in a while he squirts you with water from his trunk, and it's just it's messed up. I did not say Sonic. I, said I have a Sonic. feeling this went a little further than you intended. Yeah, you mean Sonic the Hedgehog, right? Yeah, no, it didn't. We're, we're on good level here, Zach. Yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog, <laughs> that thing from the nineties. Yeah. Anyways, but he he has that like a spin attack, just like Sonic did. And it's pretty cool. The game's all about speed until it slows you down and then it gets too slow and it kind of pisses me off. But so the, so the first two levels in the demo, they're really nice to you. They hold your hand. And then by the third level, it's just kicking your butt. Or at least it was making me mad enough to where I was making mistakes and I didn't want to video myself playing because I was so angry. It's kind of like latter-day 2D Sonic games. From, if, um, if you were a Mormon, you may think that. <laughs> no, no, no! Like, um, did you, did either of you ever play Sonic Rush for the DS? No. Yeah, yeah. You know that one? I mean, it's like the game is super fast. Like, mostly, <laughs> it's just about maintaining speed and going through the loop de loops as fast as possible. And you have to keep pressing the boost button at specific points to make sure you go around. And then you hit like max speed, and the, like screen explodes and stuff. And Joseph Smith would think that, yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind. Of, it reminds me of that. At least just looking at it, because of the golden like... tablets and the angel Moroni, or no. no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Brian, what's your favorite thing about Tembo? You know what? I don't know if I have a favorite thing because I was so pissed off at that third level that I quit. <laughs> and I'm like, forget <laughs> this. And so I had also bought Transistor, and so yeah. that's what got me into playing Transistor. So I started playing Transistor, and I'm like, okay, the art style isn't doing much for me. I don't like how far back the camera's pulled. Yeah. But then, but then, but then, you've got a lady who drags a sword that talks behind her, and it grates on the ground. Like, it's just, it's awesome. And then the fighting style, which is like a real-time active battle system from, say, like Chrono Trigger or something like that. It's It's got a sweet battle system. The game's amazing. Zach gave it like a three out of five, which really doesn't matter. Because <laughs> um, scores don't matter. Yeah, scores don't matter. <laughs> scores don't matter. Um, but Transistor, it's... I gave it, it a 10 out good. of 10, so... That's how we know that scores don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> you give it you know to what, what was you odd about it 11 is, billion out of one. So <laughs> the sword talks to you, right? Uh-huh. And so by default on the PS4, it, the sword talks to you through the TV. You have to turn it on the speaker on the controller. It's kind of weird. That's neat. 
but it is neat. So then you got this thing talking, as Josh said, from your lap. And I want to say that as I play, my, my controller's a little bit higher, so my lap isn't talking to me. It's more my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brian's but that would be talking to him. That would be Which, kind of like equivalent distance from like a sword in your hand to your head. You know what I mean? It it's amazing just that his voice coming through that. But my wife's like, that is so creepy. I'm like, no, it's not. This is awesome. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I transistor tembo. I think that's it. That's cool. It's, but yeah, the one thing that's really noteworthy about transistor on the topic of like the brokenness of the world. Zach mm-hmm. hating games, not that topic. I didn't we, hate that, it. That's, that's a whole book of, of three of out life. of five. Come on, I didn't hate it. I liked it. Three out of five just means to me it's average, which is yeah. fine. I mean, yeah. that's and, better. And than I played it in a whole day. Said Zach. I gave it like okay. v v v v v v like one. Yeah. So the point <laughs> is that in Transistor, like so much of the game is the world is crumbling around the main character, like it's all falling apart, and she's just like on this this thing where she's just going after the people who took away her voice. And so there's this, like, the world's falling apart, I'm trying to do something in response to the, the brokenness of the world falling all around me, and my sword is talking to me, and I just want to get the people who did this to me. Yeah, it, like, I mean, it's a beautiful-looking game with great music, and, I mean, it looks wonderful, right? Yeah. It just, the, it just didn't work for me, if that makes any sure. sense. Sure, but it worked better... It. In a day. It worked better than most games do. But mm. just three out of five. What's three out of five? Mediocre. Yeah, so it is. Sometimes that's how games go. You know, I felt the same way about Bastion. So I think it's just me and Supergiant Games aesthetic sense of how mechanics should kind of function don't fit. See, for sure. me, it felt surprising. It felt like something I haven't played before. Oh, and did you play was- Bastion? I did play Bastion. I played it for a while on the PC, and I kind of I disliked it. Um, I didn't like the way the mouse and the keyboard worked. To me, it might may have felt a little bit better on a controller. Yeah, probably would have been. I would have been happier with it, and I should have picked it up the other day. It was on sale on PSN. Bastion Bastion was also uh, a top down action RPG, whereas Transistor is much more of a top down turn based. Tac- yeah, it's a yeah. turn based tactical game. Game with the weird real time element where you run around. Yeah. It's yeah. really cool. I, I I like it. It just it felt like something different, and that's what I needed. Sometimes the combat gets is literally programming, and that's the fun thing about it. It's like you're literally programming the the executables of combat, like Final Fantasy twelve. Uh, kind Ooh. of, kind of. See, see, and that's what's funny is that you can look at these RPG systems and compare it to it. You know, especially like the yeah. Final Fantasy series. You just yeah, you I can, can actually see how move. similar to to the gambits of Final Fantasy twelve. Yeah, mm-hmm. the gambits are super complicated. I could never do it. I sucked yeah. at it. Like transistor they, they makes they, they came naturally to me, and that was really weird considering like really? I, I typically don't like the the tactics or uh, the battle systems in Final Fantasy. But for me, like the gambits and like the programming and the lo- the live in battle changes and stuff like that and the switch ups of could not do it. Yeah, yeah. It, it automates things. It was that so were it was like normal for me. I, it oh. was it was it was like. I just wanted to keep playing through it. Like, and it's the only Final Fantasy proper that I really, really liked. Did you beat it? Oh yeah, yeah. You did. Cool. Yeah, it was. It was like 105 hours. Oh goodness! Did you do all wow. the optional stuff? Not all of it. No. Yeah, because if you it. would, your life would be absorbed. <laughs> yeah. I love this game. <laughs> no, I I played like halfway through it and then I stopped. But I, I do actually want to finish it. <laughs> sure. So on, on more on the top, topic of uh, what we're playing, just keep. Yeah, what are you playing? Um, I uh, literally am in the middle of uh, Life is Strange Episode 4, uh, which I'm really, really, really digging. 
Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I geek out about the entirety of Life is Strange because of how much it feels like... Um, like, there are certain parts that are... Everyone talks about how it's obvious that English isn't the writer's first language um, and how inauthentic the American teenager's English comes across. And that's true. Um, but the, 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 the minutia of details, like there's these moments where everything feels like it's in its right place um, that I really, really like. And I'm not going to get too far in, into Life is Strange, but um, just you to know say the main, that... the main character dies, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, you yeah, know, that yeah. has to happen. Have you seen a train um, yet? When you see the train and the track, <laughs> it just, it clobbers her and she goes flying and she loses her ability to change, to rewind time. Yep. No, 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 I actually already had that happen. It's over. Oh, really? You got hit yeah. by a train? <laughs> <laughs> already? Tell me uh, more. I'm Too not early. Say anymore. No, no, no. Actually, there is a really, really uh, rote and cliche scene with a train and like it, it gets, it gets a little dumb, but that's. That's Does like that stand ep- by that's, me. That's like a few episodes ago, and 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 the weird things are like the the choices and the decisions in the game like all have far more gravity than anything else. Like one of the most interesting characters to me, I thought like the game was saying that what I did caused her to die, and then I thought, oh wait, no, it's just like a Telltale game where it's all scripted and it just has to happen that way. And then I saw at the very end of the episode that nope, I just played it wrong, and that character died because of my bad choices. <laughs> Killed her. Wow, you're horrible. Why would you do that? <laughs> hey, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to keep that character a lot. Anyway, so uh, the, the other game that I'm, I recently started playing That's was um, Blues and Bullets, which is also this episodic Blues adventure Clues, game. Blues Clues, dude. Sweet. Blues Clues. It's Blues. actually just like Blues Clues, only it's in black and white. Blues Clues, and, Blues Clues. And a little Clues. bit of red. Was that the uh, one in your Game Cell video preview? Yeah, yeah. That looks yeah. like the Saboteur. It, it actually does look a lot like the Saboteur, and it, it plays probably a little bit similar, too. It's 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 just like a Telltale game or Life is Strange or something along those lines, only there's a lot more, like, in-your-face non-subtlety. Like, as much as the, the black, white, and red, like, is in-your-face and has this, like, stark contrast, the game lacks all subtlety and is really, 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 like, uh... All subtlety. <laughs> bad at times. Like, like what, what you know is how... Bad? All right, so you know how in Shenmue... Like, the characters no. would say things like, oh, little baby, Dio. and, like, all of a sudden, like, a little kid would walk up to you and say, hey, mister, want to wrestle? And, like, no. all sorts of really dumb things that human beings don't actually say ever or should never say. Or don't say um, to strangers anymore. Is that why I never played that? Could... Yeah, that's the reason. Well, people forget about how awkward Shenmue was when it came out in no, 2001. Shenmue, Shenmue was amazing. Well, it was amazing for 2001 because no other game did, like... Forklift like, driving. Realistic, yeah, forklift driving. Yeah. Get a um, job in a video get, game. Get a, get a job, show up on time, or lose your job. <laughs> you know? And then fight some dudes in a bar, because you're looking for the four woo-do. Hey, hey, that, that, was, that was a highlight. That's not the main thing of the game. Anyway, <laughs> the, the, thing is, the thing is, the point being that in Shenmue, the, the dialogue and the voice acting was like, Obviously, you're looking at polygonal models doing awkward things that are trying to com- com- communicate that they're human. And that happens in Blues and Bullets. But then there's these points in the game where all of a sudden you're walking onto um, the Hindenburg blimp, which has been retrofitted into a hotel um, after the, the, the last Hindenburg had fallen down and had that epic tragedy. So it's this the Hindenburg one, 2. Yeah, it's like the Hindenburg 2. And huh. and you walk in, and your character is Elliot Ness, the the famous uh, detective, who is going, and he's going to meet Al Capone, and and so it has this like 
dramatic pull to these historic figures and characters. Of course, the fictitious versions of them. Um, and so I like that a lot. I like the detective work that you do in the game. Like, But again, it lacks all subtlety. And the only reason that it held my attention was because it did certain things really, really well. Um, made by us... Oh, like um, the de- the detectiving, like trying to figure out like the story of <laughs> what happened in this place. Why is this guy's uh, blood all over the floor? Um, yeah, or or how did how did this scene get to be like this? Um, and so you have to piece together that that case in your mind and link the right pieces together on your mental detective chart. Um, and and again, all these things are, are cliche and wrote as as I'll get out. Um, but for some reason, it kind of works. Like it it it. it engage me and I want to get the next episode um, and for an episodic game like this where the first episode is only $5 it's it's worth checking out it's Blues and Bullets um, my review for it is going to be the first one uh, the first review on Indie Haven that I'm posting so I'm looking forward to seeing um, how that gets reacted to or whatever um, yeah so that but the, the thing that the, the thing about Blues and Bullets that got me thinking was about the subject of dealing with the world's brokenness, dealing with, um, you know, so many games, adventure games in particular, like Life is Strange and Blues and Bullets and The Wolf Among Us and L.A. Noir are all these games in the same genre that are all trying to give you the powers of a detective. Also, oh yeah, and um, Murdered Soul Suspect. All these games, literally, you're like these cliche detectives with the exception of Life is Strange where you're an art student who's also a detective. Um, <laughs> a even, psychic even, detective. Yeah. Well, no. She she can just reverse time. That's what she can do. Um, but that's that's the thing. Like, there's this desire for a lot of players, I think, to connect with a story that has you righting wrongs, that has you putting together um, the truth and bringing justice. So I, I I wonder, and and that was we'll come back to the question that I asked earlier. So what are some ways that video games? So what are some good examples in video games that you can think of that deal with sin, the world's brokenness, or your sin in particular? I can think of a bad example. Okay, Zach's go with it. review of Transistor. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a recurring theme, I think. Yeah. Three out of five. Well, there are a lot of games that have decided that in order to fix all the world's wrongs, you need to kill all of the things. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> Which in yeah. real life doesn't work as far as I know. But it, might. it happens a lot don't know. in video games. Yeah, it's it's uh, that's the whole plot of the game Hatred, right? Yeah, well, the whole plot <laughs> of Ninja Gaiden is uh, all the things are bad, kill them all. Or and you do it with styles. Or any of those other things. As long as they're bad things. Just, <laughs> just to be clear. <laughs> as long as they're the bad things. And then you kill all the bad things, and good wins. The end. <laughs> it's the most standard video game plot I can think of. That's, I can deal with that. That's, that's pretty accurate, I think. But, uh, I mean, that's one method, but it's not a method sure. that actually works. That's why sure, it's sure. a bad one. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Brian? What, what's, a, what's a positive or and or negative example of sin in games and how characters deal with how players and characters deal with it? Sin in games. There's no sin in games. <laughs> oh, controversy. No, no, no. That's a good point. The magic circle or the berm, as uh, Brian likes to call it because of his Disney background. Is once you step, Once you. you step into the magic circle... There's no sin. It's just a big sandbox where you're having fun. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that, I, mean I, I, could, I could take this further. What I'm trying to think of is, is there a personal example where I've actually felt like I was sinning in a game? Sure. Um, 
think and a lot of people mention Bayonetta when they mention the Magic Circle, don't they? I can't. I can't even do that. At least on TGU, right? I can't <laughs> yeah. even look at well, it. That's, that's the funny thing, though. Like, of course, in the Magic I Circle, heals. the idea is that like what's in the, what's in that circle is in the circle. However, of course, you know, if if in GTA the pedestrians weren't humans, say they were um, just walking polygons not actual, like, articulated humans. They're and really not. They have no physical... They have a little bit of weight to them when you hit them with the car. Yeah, a little bit of ragdollness. <laughs> but, I, but I wish they didn't, because they'd fly a little bit better. They kind of slow your speed down as you're plowing down the boardwalk, and they're going... Doo, 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 doo. And it, it's, like, the most entertaining thing possible. <laughs> but something I would never do in real life. See? See, there are games that make me sin. Yeah. And that leaves me with a grin. And that was actually a, a Christian Ironic. song from the '90s. Anyway, so go I'm going gonna, gonna to do Jonathan Clausen a little bit of justice because he was the one oh. who who brought up the uh, the nature of what's in the heart and what Ma- what Jesus says in Matthew five about um, you know you've heard it said that you shouldn't commit adultery, but I say anyone who looks at a woman with lust in his heart, you know that's he's already cons- committed sin just by thinking about it, you know, and that sort of thing. So that the the heart condition of wanting to do what is wrong um, is ultimately the issue. And of course, we brought the subject subject up a lot of times on the show. Um, but I think that he also, Jonathan also comes to two main conclusions with this. He says, um, does the game showcase sin in a way that makes it glorified? And I think that that's key, is the word glorified. He, ad- he adds the addendum of over the top, but uh, he gives a really good example of like, alright, so in Mass Effect, you can have sex. Yep. In God of War, of you can have sex. But the difference is that in... Mass Effect, you get a PG-style cutscene where the characters are kissing and on top of one another, fully clothed. Um, it disappears, really. I, and wouldn't, then, you know, I wouldn't know about that, because I haven't done that. That sounds sinful. <laughs> and then, and then uh, or in very similar games, often you see the fade to black. Um, but then in God, of War, <laughs> in God of War, the exact same scenario, only you hear sounds, and it's an interactive minigame where you have to press X at the right time, and Circle the, the controller sticks and like all sorts of Seriously? like, awesome yeah. 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 Um, Which one was that in? Uh, uh, that, was, that was in all of them. <laughs> all of them, yeah. See, my, my problem with God of War, I, I don't ever think I came across a sex minigame, and I've only played the first one. Yeah. But the thing was, is that it was constant um, nudity, like female nudity. It was just, it, and it was like right there in your face. Yeah, or or all the see-through shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah Actually, see-through shirts. That's what I'm thinking of. The minigame yeah. in the first game is like on the ship. And then yeah. you like have to walk backwards, and then it's what? like back there. And it was huh. like, how is this in the game? I didn't. Yeah, know. And, and it was super duper weird because everyone was like, "Oh my gosh, GTA GTA Three is awful." And then no one's. Then God of War comes out, and of course, since no one knows anything about it and doesn't say uh, the name of a crime in the title. <laughs> well, you know, it's about Greek mythology, so everybody yeah, can do whatever yeah. they want. Uh, sort of. <laughs> anyway. But that's that's the thing. Like, if if a game doesn't have that title, then no one's going to say any bit, anything about it. Like, uh, Hotline Miami. Uh, no one says boo about Hotline Miami in the press, in the media, anywhere. You know why? It's because it's got the, because it's got the name Hotline Miami, which yeah. is you know like it doesn't even it doesn't tell you what you're doing in the game. If it was called Go and Murder Everybody, and then watch their <laughs> body, what, see their bodies on do? the floor, um, or Hammer Time, as yeah. is often the case. Or, or, or beat people's faces in with anything that you can get your hands on. Wow. If that was what the name was, co- the game was called, it would be different. But also, Hotline Miami has this also very, very transparent way of pointing at you at the at, at the end of every level and throughout many of the interstitial cut, interstitial cutscenes, where it says something's wrong with you. Yeah. You're 
Why do you like this? It's also just, abstract enough that people don't right, get so right. offended. By, by being top-down and Commodore 64-style pixelated, it, it, it's abstracted enough that it's, it's palatable. Um, if I, if I, I could not play this game, like I had to fast-forward through scenes in Daredevil because it was too violent for me to watch. Really? Yet I played through all of Hotline Miami and Hotline Miami 2... And I was like, I know this is wrong, but it's abstract enough that I don't mind because there's pixels, not like what looks like actual human remains. I think you're talking about the car door scene, if I had to guess. So gross. Oh, yeah. Well, the car, the car door scene, the, so the, uh, the self-impalement, you know, all, all those, all those yeah. scenes in Daredevil. Um, but anyway, so the, Jonathan also Wait, brought, brought up another really great point. I'm sorry. I'm talking a lot, but I'm just going to say this last <laughs> thing and leave it back to you guys. He also said, does the game show consequences for sin regarding to its showcasing. Um, and, like, that's the key in a lot of games is, is there are there consequences to what you're doing? Or is it just like, yeah, you can go and be evil. But the problem is Yay. that if you're doing evil and there's no penalty for doing evil, it no longer feels like you're doing evil. So we mean narrative games here, right? Games with some kind of story or some kind of world building. of Not necessarily. Like, I think of, like, Hitman. Like, Hitman, I would have no problem playing the Hitman games. That is a story, kind of. Well, if if all the the story was gone, all of of the, the... Then all you would have are these levels of brutal violence against people and doing gross... And and shooting people, like... Yeah, it, it, it's just super, super, it's so super boring. boring to me. But if you were to remove all of the, the literal nature of everything and abstract it to just the, the interactive relationship with your environments, I would, I would own that game. I would buy that game. Yeah. I, you know, I think this is why people like uh, board games. Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, games. that's a perfect example. Hitman Go is the only Hitman game that I really, really like, which is essentially Hitman reduced to a turn-based yeah. board game. Because, um, like, I like Hearthstone. You mm-hmm. know, I think we've already talked about this a lot. But no. like, I don't care about <laughs> the fact that it's just a card game and it's basically just abstracted sets of rules, right? Sure. So, I mean, there's no way to actually, like, sin in that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, other than being angry at your opponent for being a passive-aggressive jerk with the random emotes. But <laughs> that's like, that is a meta game in and of itself. Yeah. So, uh, some games, I guess, this applies to, and maybe not others. Yeah, no, and that's, and that's exactly right. Like, the games that got me thinking about this were, were like Blues and Bullets, where you're a detective and you're trying to solve the world's problems, essentially. Um, or another game that really came to mind when thinking about um, sin and redemption and grace and forgiveness and that sort of thing was Red Dead Redemption. Did either of you guys play that? You know what? It's on sale at GameStop for, like, $7, so I probably should <laughs> pick a copy up. <laughs> It's a good did game. You, did you play through it, Brian? I played through it for a while until I got to a point I couldn't do it. Yeah, it's it's long. It's super duper long. It um, it had the warrant system in it, which was interesting. Where system. when you killed, it had consequences for you going up and killing people. Really? Right, right, right. So where then you'd have a yeah, posse yeah. all of a sudden hunting you down. That's cool. Yeah. And then you had to go to the local sheriff, go pay them off, like pay off your whatever it was, the price over your head. But it had it had a consequence system to it. Yeah, I never played yeah. to the end though. So wait, is that like permanent throughout the whole game? If you just start randomly murdering people, okay, so there, so yeah. there was a mission where there was the shack. I was supposed to go take it. There was a shack out in the middle of nowhere, okay. and I think I could have paid the guy for it, 
or I could blow him away. And I blew the guy away. We got into a major gunfight, and it was awesome. He died. I pasted his guts <laughs> it was to the awesome. ground. He died. <laughs> but in doing so, all of a sudden, I was branded a murderer. Ooh. And so I had, and so then all of a sudden, you see this posse come out on your radar, like, oh crud, they're coming for me. And so you had to run. See, I've never that, played a game like that. I would have preferred that I could have just pasted into the ground and then taken over the house and yeah, danced. But, but that's cool because the mechanics are there to like reinforce certain behaviors. Or mm-hmm, if you right. don't, if you want to push against the developers, right? By doing yeah. immoral things, they'll actually push back against you. And, and, and that game actually has like uh, a meta, a meta narrative of sorts, where the whole thing is about you trying to absolve your past life of crime, um, and you can do that with through, through two two different paths. You can either be the the guy who's seeking justice and rightfulness, uh, or the the outlaw who's like, all right, I don't care. I'm just going to shoot everybody because I can. Um, so you can go both paths, but there's yeah, there's obviously the the negative payoff to that. Um, one, one of my favorite games. I, I before Wait, Rockstar I, made this game. Rockstar yeah. made this game. Yeah, it's really? the only it's the only game by Rockstar that I actually legitimately like. That that is oh, it's weird LA to me because most of their games involve like like killing lots of people and then being horrible. Also, the weirdest thing about it is it's the only Rockstar game with good controls. Well, Max Payne. <laughs> Threes. You sure? Oh yeah, no, no, no. You're right. Max Payne three was yeah, was pretty, pretty good. good. And technically, yeah, I the first two were not really Rockstar. It's Remedy, but anyway, yeah, yeah, <laughs> technicalities. Yeah. The Remedy. Anyway, anyway the, there's one other game that I want to bring up with the, the subject of sin and uh, on the subject of redemption, um, and that's Dishonored: The Knife of Dunwall, which is the the DLC for that episode. The main thing that makes that so worthwhile to me is because the the basic idea of the game is you're playing as a bad guy. And you have a choice. You can either do the normal bad guy thing, like which I, you know, which, I did. <laughs> which which Zach did, um, or you can play through the yeah, entire well. game with the the attitude and heart of forgiveness and redemption, and trying to see, seek the restoration of your your whole crew, and seeking see, seeking like just just being merciful and forgiving to your enemies, which is strange for uh, that kind of world and that kind of game, but it let me do that, and I love that about it. And, of course, Zach has no idea what I'm talking about. I, what? I, <laughs> no, no, I, I understand, because I, pl- I played through three levels of Dishonored, so... Sure. I have enough of a grasp to know that I don't think I'd ever play the game that way, because I just murdered everything. Kill yeah, them yeah, all. Yeah. That is exactly what I did. <laughs> like, the yeah. exact opposite. Like, you blinked everywhere, and I just, like, hey, you know, every guard must die before the level is over. Yeah. And and to me, like that's that's an option. It's just to me, like there's a there's not as much of a challenge or reward to that to me. But anyway, the the point is that the 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 player is the one who initiates the redemptive path. Yeah, if you want. and most games, yeah, if you want, and that is entirely the point is if you want, and most games give you the the setting and the framework, and as Zach or as Brian says, the 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 magic circle sandbox where you can do whatever you want, or that's the, the, the concept of the promise. But when they say it, whatever you want, what they really mean is these are your five verbs. You can, you can drive, shoot, make things explode, get out of your car. Those, those are, those are like <laughs> the things that you can do. Um, in, in like GTA, for example, but in ride a jet plane, blow up an air base. Right, right, right. And so, like, there's there's still a very limited number of options. In GTA, it's not like you're given the option of, hey, do you want to do financial planning for citizens of the city? Well, or which The palette is mostly violence and or exploiting the in-game stock market. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, or, or lit- literally exploding it, not not financially exploding it. If you want yeah. to, or do yeah, tricks, cool tricks on cars. The game the game doesn't have an actual eco- economic system. Actually, um, it, it it does now because of GTA Online. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, because you can actually manipulate the stock market to your own whims by destroying things in the in the game world. Oh. So you can make millions of dollars. But again, it's still crime focused. It's just a different kind of crime. Right. 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 And so that, that's actually the question is like, so how do we handle crime games? Are crime games um, a valuable outlet, would you say? Hmm. I'm going go to I'm gonna point specifically to Zach on this one because he's the, uh, the, the CEO, founder, what is the right word, sole proprietor? No, what is the... Uh, the owner and proprietor? Yeah, that, that, that one. The gaming blog? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and since you're, you're the, the overworld, overlord... Um, what, what would you say is the official theology gaming stance on games where you are purposefully committing crimes? Uh, I like to think that in <laughs> games like GTA and such, you are never playing as yourself for the most part. I mean, in Saints Row you are, but I think that's more of a parody overall of like GTA and GTA tropes and strange things like that. But in yeah. mainline Grand Theft Auto games, you're playing as a person in this narrative. Even in, like, GTA 3, let's say, you're still playing as the nameless dude who was driving people around and wears, like, camo pants and does whatever he wants, right? Yeah. And in GTA 4, you're kind of that immigrant, and he's more conflicted, I guess. And then in the fifth game, you play as a bunch of psychopaths. (laughs) But in all those cases, you were playing a role, so part of being in that role is doing those things. So think of it as, like, inhabiting the mind of this character. How would you yeah. act in this situation, right? Because, I yeah. mean, the game's only giving you these options to play as. So yeah. perhaps it gives you kind of a way to get into the mind of bad people doing bad things. Because I think a lot of times we like to look at characters and narratives and say, wow, this person's horribly distasteful. I don't like this character in this game. And then, like a game forces you to play as that character and we get yeah. a little frightened because we might find a little bit of ourselves in that guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's the idea behind games like Hotline Miami um, and, and definitely the case of like... Or like Killer is Dead. Spec example. Ops the Line. Killer is, de- Killer is Dead and probably I can't say. I, I do know that Killer is Dead gives you a lot of uh, verbs specifically dedicated to uh, the objectification of women. Oh yeah, yeah. And the Oberlin. <laughs> I mean, he's yeah. like the bad James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> he's like a dark James Bond. That's pretty much the whole game. And uh, in the end, uh, it ends up not being a positive thing for him because uh, he ends up being an ignorant buffoon who doesn't know what he's getting into, which is kind of the point. But uh, <laughs> there are lots of kind of stories like this in video games. And I think that we have to get beyond the idea that we can only play like good people in video games before we can start like kind of empathizing with bad people. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I also think that there's a certain aspect of uh, player empathy with with human characters and games in general. Like that, that, there's just such a wide diversity of what kind of games and what kind of characters we can even relate to. Like I think of her story and how you're not even you're not playing as the main character. You're you're just watching video of her and you're trying to figure out who is she, what's she all about. And you're hearing like all of her stories of like. Everything from, like, when she was dating her husband to, to miscarriage to um, growing up and getting in really petty, horrible arguments with her sister and, like, 
then you're wondering what's going on in all these things. And so my point being just that there's this um, unique relationship that we all have with games that isn't necessarily, we're not constantly in our mindset of, I want to play this because I, I want to do bad things. It's fun to do bad stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and in video games, well, it's fun to mess around with like things that are happening. I mean, sometimes yeah. there's a... Some people get a, like a perverse pleasure out of it, and that's a, that's a bit over the top, right? Sure, sure. But I think if you're playing it with a different mindset, I think it's the mindset going into the game. Like, what are you having fun doing here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm reminded of, of when Yen was on the show, uh, or when we were talking to him specifically about uh, the nature of play in general, and he brought up a, an illustration of a, watching a kid play with Legos, and how these are just building blocks, of course, the Lego blocks, and he's creating a scene where everything is killing one another <laughs> and just you know what you as little kids do they just take the blocks and they smash them together um and that's the nature of play in a certain sense because you this is a safe place to experiment with things hitting one another <laughs> yeah like you know minecraft is basically creative destruction in and yeah it's when i play when it. i play minecraft all i want to do is kill the other players like i don't <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to mine. I don't want to craft. I just want to smack people with my block fists. Wait, you can kill each other? Yeah. Oh man. Well, I've been missing out. <laughs> <laughs> can you make like a giant building and have it fall on another person? Uh, I think that you have to. I think that it takes a lot of skill to do that. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I'm sure. I, I really don't know how how one would go about that because the I don't know if there's a lot of physics in the system. Yeah, some guy with too much free time probably can do it. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's been done. I'm sure it's been. Uh, Brian. We're built the Death Star, right? He can do. Oh yeah, dude! Death, drop a Death Star on someone. That'll solve everyone's problems. <laughs> so, Brian, you brought up an, an example in our conversation earlier about um, a game where you play as a a, redemp- a a character trying to set things right in a world where that might not necessarily be the the promise of why people are playing it. Like, can you tell us why you why you chose Monument Valley when we were talking about what what games deal with sin? Well, specifically because Monument Valley deals with the theme of redemption. Whether it's a subtle theme or not, it just kind of depends on how much you pick that up. But, I mean, she's ultimately going through trying to set the world back to the way it was. And the game hints at you that she destroyed it. And so it seems like she's just overall trying to free herself of whatever this burden is. You know, Um, Monument Valley has a really good game uh, with redemption in it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that overall theme, and that's an overall biblical theme of redemption. You know, I mean, Christ is here you know, to redeem us. Yeah, and I think that that's funny that that there's so many games that are about redemption. But the problem with with games, I think, is that the nature of games is that we have verbs. We don't have uh, passive, active reception. Like the nature of like receiving forgiveness and and, and internalizing and processing forgiveness. And allowing God's forgiveness to be something that you—that's a part of you—it's—it's um, it's almost perhaps impossible to translate that into games. Yeah, I don't like, know how—I don't know how you would do that. How do you translate grace into a game? Yeah. Uh, well, as a game mechanic. Yeah, like, like, okay. So the first thing, the only thing that comes to mind, and this is might be a little bit of a stretch for people who don't like theater, um, which would also be me, honestly. Uh, but Les Miserables, any of you, either of you see Les Mis ever? Somehow I have not. Okay. Yes. So I'm, I'm going to spoil the intro of, of the play. The, the very, very Go beginning is about uh, this, this guy, Jean Valjean, who has basically... Jean Valjean. Yeah, he's just gotten out of prison, 
dude's a mess. He's he's just got this like revenge and bitterness all around him, and he breaks into this. Uh, I guess he's a priest's house, and he starts to steal the dude's candelabras, like his fancy nicest candelabras. So this plays into the American narrative of what would you do if someone broke into your house? Um, and the priest responds by um, seeing that this catch. He, he gets caught in the act, and he gets dragged before the court. And the priest says, no, 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 no. This guy didn't steal this. He, here, let me, let me go get some. I was actually getting this for, giving this to him. And he gets some food. And he gives him, like, a couple of extra things. And he, and he actually expresses, like, this lavish um, giving of himself. And this giving, like, that literal, when Jesus says, you know, give the, the cloak that you're wearing if someone demands for your shirt, you know, or something like that. I'm, I'm, I'm misinterpret, miscommunicating that, but... So the priest gives these things to Jean Valjean, and he's like, what, why, what, uh, and then it just, like, takes him down this path of where he is internalizing and processing the grace that was given to him. Meanwhile, there's the the law who's chasing him down and trying to arrest him, which is um, Javier, no, uh, what's his name? I'm forgetting his name at the moment. Javert. Um which is the, the the policeman of sorts who's trying to bring him to justice or something, and there's this so there's this crazy theme of law versus grace going on the whole way through, and Jean Valjean is actively trying to walk out this path of grace for other people that he meets. So it's this: I've received grace, and now I'm going to walk this out with others around me. And I think that that's what Jesus is after a lot: is that sense of. Um, you know, like the parable. Of, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm throwing a million different Bible themes out there, but the the, the parable of the um, the man who owes like a million dollars, and then he's forgiven this this debt, and then he goes to a guy who owes him like a couple grand, and he says, "Pay me back everything right now." And then the king finds out. The king who forgave him his debt is like, "I heard about what you did." of dragging that guy out to court and holding holding him accountable for everything that he owes you. I'm canceling my forgiveness to you. Booyah. <laughs> Sorry, this is this is the Josh Collar version of the Bible. It's terrible. Um, <laughs> no, no, it's wonderful and succinct. All right, good. Um, <laughs> the, the, point, the point being that in that story, there's this intrinsic tied nature of when we receive forgiveness of our sin through Christ, that... It should and naturally, because, and, and if we truly understand how much God has forgiven us, then it's going to have this rippling effect that's going to, to just tumble into all these other aspects of our lives and our relationships. If we truly get it, and if we don't get it, we're going to be dicks. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Les Mis continues, though, and yeah. Victor Hugo then explores the themes of consequence, because um, Jean Valjean ends up... Um, basically making a, a new identity for himself and he becomes mayor of a town and he owns big things. And, um, he f- ends up finding out that another guy has been taken to court, uh, whose name is Jean Valjean and is going to be tried and executed for, um, the real Jean Valjean's crimes. And so he starts debating over this, you know, what should I do? And I'm screaming cause I've been listening to the focus on the family radio theater version of this, which is excellent. <laughs> and I'm screaming. I'm like, I'm like, don't go. Don't go to the court. You know, you don't admit that it's you. Let the other guy die. He's a prisoner. This isn't a big deal. Just let him die. And he ends up doing the right thing. And he bursts into the court, you know, and he tells them who he is. And he forfeits everything that he has 
because he doesn't want to do the wrong thing because he wants to own up to the consequences of ultimately was he was the reason he was thrown into prison was because he stole a loaf of bread to feed family. Um, but he wanted to own up to that and not let another man die. And so you think of video games often have consequences, which we've talked about. I got thinking of Ultima Online, uh, one of the first MMOs. (laughs) And it had a system where in in an MMO, you can go up to another player and you can kill them. Um, Well, in in that one. (laughs) In that one, you can either player kill or you can grief them, which is kind of the same thing where you kind of buddy up next to them and you just keep killing them over and over. Anyways, you can PK in that game. And in that game, every single time you killed somebody, they had the option of reporting you. If you ended up having five reports against your name, they would end up – your character would all of a sudden be flagged red. Like you would see an outline of red around your character and everyone knew that you had been branded basically as a murderer. And so if you went to go walk towards a town, the town guards would come after you. There were consequences for you being a dick. And, <laughs> and not a lot of games do that. It's That's kind a of a, it's a neat thing. Well, I think that more yeah, games do it now after Ultimate, and I think Ultimate was the one that really yeah. set that as a trend for everything else. Like, I think that those those rules and consequences are something in like the Elder Scrolls games. There's something in Fallout games, and like yeah. a lot of these open world RPGs. Like that's like there's the the karma system of Fallout. There's the 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 red or the blue in the uh, infamous games. Um, there's you know, they, like they don't let you kill like lower level players in most MMOs. There's like mysterious guards that will randomly spawn and like murder you. Oh, that really? All the time. Or if you're in a flying mount and you try to fly over the opposite faction's towns, like uh-huh. a guy will knock you off your mount and you'll die from falling. <laughs> <laughs> so it's in a lot of games. Yeah, it's happened to yeah. me once. Interesting, and I think that's that's a really important and valid point. Is understanding like having a very clean, clear sense of God's justice and God's greatness and God bringing the rightness of all things to, to like where they belong. Um, I think that if for a lot of people, like it's very hard to reconcile the wrongness of the world around us with, uh, you know, a, a God who brings justice. Um, and that's why, uh, an attitude and an understanding of the reconciliation of all things at the end of the world uh, the end of all creation is there will be like a great white throne judgment and all those sorts of things I think is uh, really important theologically. Um, it's it's hard to reconcile. It's probably hard to believe a lot. Um, but I think that it is probably a really healthy thing. Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> like, otherwise, you know, the, the people who commit horrible mass genocide and then kill themselves are essentially off the hook. Yeah, in in a, in a video game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so can you really sit in a video game? Uh, I think that's dependent on how you think. Is it about dependent it. on the game intentions and whether or not you perceive the aesthetic overlay over a mechanical element to be important enough to yeah. invest value. So here's, here's my personal question to you guys: Do you guys play video games to sin? No. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. It's, it's generally, that's not what's on my mind. Yeah, I play. Stuff, I mean, I play for mechanics, you know. Well, there's playing for mechanics and there's playing for thematics. Like, I think thematically, there's there's value in exploring dark places and dark things for the sake of sometimes just seeing how things work out. That can be all right. Mm-hmm. It's a weird. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's a little bit more of a stretch for Christ, a lot of Christians to think that way. Um, or more importantly, um, to try to choose a redemptive path for negative awful characters I think can be really fun like the Dishonored example that I offered um, which sounded really boring 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, 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 just gotta I have... kill things. No. <laughs> if they're moving, the game is designed for you to kill them. No, it's designed for you to... <laughs> they need to die. They need to die. <laughs> All of them. Let's die. <laughs> All of them. Even Look, there's a car that's moving. Right, kill so it. The, the, the classic <laughs> example in, in the, 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 the world of Christian ethics in games on sin is lust. Um, that's yeah. And, yeah that's, I think that's more of a Western cultural thing, at least in America, right? Extreme right, better well, alive. Put it, this way, put it this way: there's not that many games that come out where, uh, in in uh, the East, per se, in Japan, where you have an option: would you like to go to work or would you like to go to the strip club? <laughs> that's an yeah, option. They, they have a different. <laughs> set of issues. <laughs> uh, that might be the case in Yakuza. I've never played through a Yakuza. No, there's um, nothing like... Well, in the American version, they get rid of the um, hostess clubs, which are the closest equivalent to that, but they don't actually do have any of that stuff. So there's no Twinkies or Ding Dongs in the hostess club? <laughs> no, no, there are none. Uh, As a well, gluttonous American, I would think that there would be. But There's just yeah. women that sit to you and listen to you talk while you, like, sip tea. I mean... <laughs> I have no life or wife. I need you. Yeah, well, it's a Japanese <laughs> thing. Yeah. Listen to me, yeah. woman. But I mean, I, and that's and that's also a thing. Like, what what is your heart motivation for playing games? Like, is it to like like if it, it's completely and utterly possible to play through a game like The Witcher Three, which has like a, a disproportionately large amount of sex scenes in it, um, without without having a heart of lust? Um, I Can don't you know. Skip them? A lot of them are optional. Like you don't have to go to the strip clubs or whatever—not the strip clubs, the brothels, four houses, four houses, whatever they call them in the game. Um, you don't have to go there. I mean, there might be a mission that you have to go there, but I'm sure it's a side quest. You do in some games, like um, what's, yeah. What's that one with the tentacle monsters that come out of your back and it's first person? The darkness. Oh, right. uh, the, the yeah, darkness. the darkness. The second one. Yeah, there's yeah. definitely a brothel in that. And um, yes, yeah, many explicit to. things. <laughs> yeah, and that, and that's the thing, like. It's called the darkness. All over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well it's I, from that um, weird comic book label, Top yeah. Cow or something. Uh, I'm not sure. If um, I'm right the, about this, that'd be amazing. Yeah, I'm, I, th- I thought it was. I thought it might have been Vertigo. I, I don't know. Anyway, the point being I that don't if, care. if you if you go into something like that with that attitude, of course, that's obviously negative and wrong. But so, what about if you're playing a game specifically to enact violence against other humans? That would be very creepy. <laughs> what, what, are, what are we talking about here like is Batman uh, well okay so there, there, ba- Batman would be a little bit more of an abstract example but so there's oh, games okay. where you have a very explicit mm-hmm. attitude approach mind of attacking other people and that would be something like Call of Duty Cow, Call of Duty Cow of Duty <laughs> <laughs> See, but that but that's framed within a war setting, so it's yeah. okay. It could, think, it could, yeah, that, it's okay. Ba- I think Batman no, also straddles. I think Batman straddles <laughs> the line a little bit too, because I mean, some people kind of said like Bruce Wayne likes just likes to beat people up. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it kind of expresses like it through justice, so it's kind of yeah. Like I think that that point. was more one of the things in Arkham Knight where like it's far more over the top and like you might they might be knocked out, but they're they're not getting up. <laughs> Well, your heartbeat that, that monitor be, thing. That, yeah, tell. that dude's going to be breathing so, through a tube for yeah. the rest of his life. I mean, they're functionally, in game terms, they're quote-unquote killed. Because <laughs> they're well, not coming back. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're you want them to come back, though? I mean, if someone broke into your house, you want to make sure that they're dead so that they don't come back. And then you've got to go after their family because their family's going to come after you next. <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, so it just like, keeps that's going. What, that's what it says It's like a real-life Shadows of Mordor. <laughs> that's why Batman never works because he always <laughs> lets everyone go. What the heck? 
Real, <laughs> real life Shadows of Mordor. I'm telling you, it's the Nemesis system. Oh yeah, yeah. What about that game? That game looks like just a big murder simulator. Is all well, it's it, like. it is. But, I mean, like, well, it's it's a lot more like it's Lord of the Rings. It's okay, guys. It works the <laughs> orcs are evil. They're just orcs. Yeah, they're, uh-huh. they're also evil. people no, they're who not. like have families and children and homes and. No, Why would you not. go kill them? Orcs and Urukai are created with evil magic, Whatever. sin magic. Oh, Whatever. sin magic. Sin okay. Magic. So, of course, that would also <laughs> relate to the op- opposite. You know, like what if you say, "Hey, I want to play a game because I want to use sin magic." <laughs> I want to use sin, sin magic. magic. I didn't even know that was a thing. I love you, sin magic. I love you too. <laughs> I sin magic. Uh, what? What? What game would fit in that category? I'm, oh. Actually, I'm curious. Your sin magic? I don't know that. Yeah, well. Is there a game with magic that would be uh, offensive or sinful? I I think that's weird because well, most that, games... That, that gets, that once you get into that topic, you get into a lot of division and Christian opinion. Yeah, um, like like you have like Thomas Henschel's church, uh, which was really... I think he had like some major issues with his eldership because of him playing Magic the Gathering. Um, yeah, which and like, to me is weird, but I, I totally understand evil. why. But, like, the the idea yeah. and the perception for a lot of people is that um, games that deal with the, the subject of magic are practicing magical incantation that is spiritually opposed to God because it's seeking a... Uh, a non-god source for spiritual power, but but a lot of times the, those things just stand in the game. Uh, example: We're watching Tailspin the other night with Wyatt, and they had something called an idol in it, and it caused Baloo and Kid to switch bodies. And so this idol thing, it could have been a magic doohickey box for all I cared. They didn't have to call it an idol, but it was. And so sometimes I wonder. These words are very interchangeable. They're just, they have no meaning to them. Wait, there's magic in Tailspin? Season 2, episode 1. Seriously? That's weird. It's pretty bad. Hey, they're talking animals. There's going to be magic. (laughs) Why are they wearing clothes? Yeah, that's against God's will. Magic is why they're wearing clothes. (laughs) It's against God's will for animals to talk. That's a bunch of sin magic (laughs) if I ever saw any. Sin magic. Wow. Well, you gotta well, anyways, I'm just saying, sometimes it's it's interchangeable. It really doesn't matter. Yeah, well, if it's used like that way, right? Kind of like Zach's uh, review of uh, Transistor 3 which out of 5. Is, which is like Sin Magic. Yeah, which is like Sin Magic. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that, we, we have our episode title. Um, <laughs> why is this phrase funny? I don't understand. I don't know. Oh, I, I, I can't recover now. I'm, all I'm going to say is that I have one last question, and this last question yeah. is more on the topic of forgiveness. And what? Oh, all right. By so, when you feel like something that you're doing is sinful, how do you go about seeking forgiveness? Or do wait, you? Wait, so I've, you've already committed this sin? Yeah. Or if you feel like you're you're doing something that's sinful, or you might be doing something that's sinful, what's your natural response? Or you're in process of doing it, and you know that you're doing it, and you need to stop immediately, but you keep on. Yeah. Going. <laughs> That's also a way to put it. Yeah, Brian's just cocking his head and looking into the sky. Well, he's he's thinking hard. Yeah, I think it's more like stop it immediately. That's that's part one. Part one's good. Uh, it's typically though where you don't stop though because typically you go through with whatever it is and then you feel guilt afterwards. Yeah, which means that clearly you were already going to do it in the first place and your mind yeah. had already made it up stuff up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
because you think you have a safety net. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Um, 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 active dialogue through prayer uh, at all times is one way to help with that. Yeah. Um, so, so have you, and how's, how's that working for you? It, it does work. And I, but I think that what the other thing that I need would be someone that I could also talk to physically mm-hmm. to go, Hey, this is what's going on. I feel like I'm going to do this. I just need you to pray for me and I need you to, for, in second, really to check on me and make yeah. sure I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely yeah. a human relational element to that. And that's yeah. why God gives us our friends and our family and whoever else, uh, you know, just to help us through that. Yeah. God doesn't mean for us to go alone. I mean, he's not alone himself. Yeah. Checks it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You led me right into that one. I know. Checks and balances. It helps. You need yeah. other people. To it depends on who the president is. Yeah. I also think that it's really important for, for those who um, are either new to faith, aren't in the faith, or are, are, are coming to terms with what forgiveness, what, what Jesus forgiveness to sin really, really means. Because it's not meant to be a um, just to keep you in the same place. Like, all right, so you screwed up. I forgive you. Whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, because it's you know it's not like um, it's it's also not a I forgive you, but you have to do this. It's, it's not like I, a twinge. I forgive you, but it's also meant to be an empowering grace. It's meant to be this this tool that if we that a, a life raft or or maybe even something better than a life raft because life rafts are hard to climb up out of the water with. Um, maybe it's like a, a a ladder on the edge of a pool. <laughs> yeah, because the um, ladder. Did you say a ladder on a life raft? Did I miss the part of the metaphor that made sense? No, no, no. no. I'm trying to clarify and make the metaphor make sense. Okay. <laughs> so, like, okay. instead of a life raft, it's more like a a ladder at the side of a pool that you can use to climb out of the water and get yourself out of this this uh, guilt mentality. How about like a ladder? You're in a life raft in the middle of the ocean, and there's a yeah. ladder that comes from the sky. Oh, that's even better. There you go. That's good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and that's and that's that's the active action part of receiving forgiveness mm. is taking it and getting up out of the, that that guilt mentality. Yeah. And maybe your arms get tired and then you fall off the ladder back into the lifeboat or maybe in the water, which is even worse. Yeah. But then you got to climb back up the ladder. Yeah, and that's the thing like <laughs> with with Jesus like the the ladder is always in the water and it's always within your reach. Yeah, you just have to go reach for it. Yeah, the, and I, the danger is thinking that you can't, that you don't need it, and that yeah. you can do it all on your own. Yeah, like you're going to swim yeah. to a shore that you can't see. That's that's the key. That's the key right there is the all on your own. And I think that if Alone. we look at like redemption, the redemptive story in games, so often it's your character trying to to, find, to do the redemptive thing on their own. We don't always see them completely screwing it up, but I can guarantee you that in our own lives, when we try to fix our own mistakes without relying on God's grace tends to get really, really messed up. Like, if someone wrongs you, instead of, like, forgiving them first and then seeking reconciliation... Yeah, it doesn't... Um, if you just try to seek reconciliation first, that just turns into a revenge tale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which are often entertaining. Uh, yeah, which yeah. is entertaining to watch, but only because train, walk, train wrecks are, are fun to watch. Like... Liam Neeson. <laughs> yeah, well, basically, it's a Liam Neeson movie, but, you know, it just doesn't work out that way. Yeah, you know why? You know why I think Liam Neeson movies are so successful like, lately, and we can call them Liam Neeson movies well, because yeah, he's like, old, and everyone else is too. Is because is because they're like, hey, let's pander to the to the conservative American myth 
that someone's going to come into your house, take your daughter, and you're going to have to go for them and use your weapons to kill them. <laughs> I have a particular I set saw, of skills. I saw all three Taken movies, and they were almost all Why identical. Would you do that? I don't need to. I saw the first one. The I first didn't need to see the first one. I saw what happened in the trailer. Well, you know I knew Run All Night is the one that you would like. Why? Because it has a redemptive element after a lifetime of sin. But how much hope are you <laughs> but sifting it's, through? It's not technically done through violence. Huh. It's because that's, that's too bad. It's, it's not that interesting. It is the vehicle that the violence takes. It's interesting. It's actually really interesting. And that's why so he drives a helicopter, flies a helicopter in it with missiles. No, he does nothing insane in this movie. You said something about vehicles. We're, we're vehicles. I don't know. <laughs> There's nothing really insane in, in that movie. Like, it's not typical, like, uh, Liam Neeson is the best murderer on Earth. He's also Aslan, dude. So, I mean, yeah. Be All right. So, I really, really, really am <laughs> not a big fan of the whole, like, conservative American Liam Neeson. I like Aslan Neeson. Liam Neeson. Aslan Neeson's pretty good. Yeah, he's my favorite. I could snuggle so was, with him. So was Qui Gon Neeson, but I'll let it go. Yeah, I, I don't think I could snuggle with him, but I could snuggle with Aslan. Qui Gon Neeson. Qui Gon Neeson. <laughs> Qui Gon Neeson is like the most confusing character in a movie ever. No, no, no. He's the most blank character in, in a yeah. movie ever. He was he the best no... part of the first Star Wars. What's movie. his? Is, but that's, that's the problem. No, none of the characters have any personality except for Jar Jar Binks. And it's bad personality. What's his character trait? What's Qui-Gon Jinn's character trait? <laughs> Long hair that's braided. <laughs> Knowing about metachlorians. Metachlorians? He knows. He knows all about it. Pick, picking like, Anakin. Particular that's the only, thing, the only thing he does in that movie is picking Anakin and saying, I want this guy and I standing will, up for him. I will Past that, awesome. nothing about him is likable. I have a bad He's feeling about this. Hair. Train the boy. Train him. Train him. Train him. I, uh, no, but I feel bad about this. Train him. Okay, let's all train him. <laughs> anyway, all right. So that is our sin episode. Um, thank Great you guys for for listening. Sin, um, sin. Not not you two on on the other side of this Skype call, but the the, the people who are listening to this podcast. I thank you I for tolerating our madness. Yeah, it, um, we got off track. A little bit. We 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 are known to get off track, but hey, we have. We have track. friend chemistry. And we have Fremistry. Fun. We have fun. Fremistry. We hope, we hope you have it's as sin much magic fun binding us together. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how would that even Ah, uh, yes. So where do you go? So what would the name of the sin magic school be? Uh, the binding of sin magic. Hogwarts School of Sin Magic. Oh no! I had that question in Quiplash recently. Um, <laughs> the question was: the question was name. All right. So there's. Huh, at Hogwarts, there's four schools. There's Ravenclaw, there's Hufflepuff, there's Slytherin, and there's Gryffindor. What is the fifth house in there? And I was like, ah, Warmonger. <laughs> Warmonger. I would want to be a part of that house. Yeah. That does not oh. seem like a family-friendly house. No, it's, it's, that's, Quiplash is not a fr- family-friendly game, though. I do have the family-friendly filter on at all times because the one time we got the question of, like, what is the worst thing to call out during – yeah, I was like, no – Oh, whoa! <laughs> whoa. Yeah. That's sin magic. magic. Yeah, yeah sin that's magic. some sin magic. So right there. I, I, I turn on the fa- if you, if you play Quiplash, it is a fantastic party game. If you have it, I mean, you Brian, you can get it on PS4. It's ten bucks. Zach, I highly, highly recommend Quiplash. Um, it's if anytime that you have more than three people over at your house, you can play it. It's great. Only problem is. Make sure you turn the family filter on at all times. <laughs> yeah, I most of the questions are perfectly fine, and then there's that one question. 
Yeah, I can see why it's rated T for teen. Well, it's, I mean, the idea behind it is that it's like Cards Against Humanity, but you fill in the blank instead of... Being yeah. awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you can put whatever you want into, like, like uh, Zach's face. <laughs> that, that comes up a lot, actually. Because <laughs> it should. It yeah, should. My face. My face. <laughs> Zach's face. Awesome. So uh, I, that's the end of our show today. I... I could completely continue to ramble for far too long. Um, Zach, just, just close this out. Just kill this dead horse. All right. Shoot, uh, shoot it. Yeah, we beat the dead horse as much as possible here at Theology. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Josh, where can we find you since we find you uh, a lot of oh, places? Oh, uh, yeah. Just just go to lovesubverts.com to find out more about me. I'll be posting all the things I've been posting on Indie Haven there, um, and I'll probably write somewhere else. But lovesubverts.com. Yeah, where will we find you, uh, Brian Hall? For the past 12 years, I've been at johnnybgamer.com, writing about my thoughts on faith, family, and gaming. And bad parenting. And <laughs> bad <laughs> parenting. You know, I haven't had a bad parenting post. article in a while. I know, you need, to, you need to post something. You need to do something really bad as a parent to write about it. Cause not, those are my, well, those, the bad parenting are my favorites. Bad parenting should be a series. <laughs> It's far more interesting than watch than reading about good parenting. I'll tell you what. <laughs> All right, t- tell you what. Find something that you do with Wyatt that is a, as as a good parent that you're proud of, and then write about a hypothetical situation that's the exact opposite. Yeah, the exact opposite. The CPS will be at my door the next day. They're like, "Mr. Hall, we read your blog." I'm like, "No one reads my blog." They're like, "Yes, Why? we do." <laughs> and All right. You can find Zachary at theologygaming.com. Yeah. And he's also on Theology Gaming University, the Facebook group. Yeah, and you're a community a manager of the Facebook group. Really? Yes. Oh, yeah, I am. Yeah, Aww. you are. It's a special thing. I just realized I completely forgot about the game that inspired this topic. It also inspired this topic, which was the swindle. Which oh. I've also been <laughs> Yeah, this t- it's terrible of me. I uh, I don't. It's, does it I'm, have I'm just going to throw magic in it. Yeah, it does because the whole idea of the game is that you're just a terrible person who's stealing things. That sounds and, awesome. <laughs> wow, and, great. Yeah, right. You're you're a bad, dude. You're going to go break into people's houses. You're literally going to break in through their windows, and then you're going to go into their house and try to hack into their computer and steal all their money from their online accounts. Also, it's like steampunk. Oh, and this is the kind of game Josh plays. Yeah, this so, is the kind. This is the kind, <laughs> this is the kind of game that I play. Yeah, it's yeah. representative of his character and uh, various qualities. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I don't play the game because I'm like, I want to go steal things. I play the game because I want to yeah, pretend things. that I, I want. I want to go into places where I don't belong, and mm-hmm. I want to uh, do things in those places. That is, um, you know, just typing around on the computer, just reading emails. I just want to read emails. <laughs> yeah, you want to like shuffle through people's drawers and like, and then get out of the house, and things. then hopefully not get caught. Like that, that, that could be a game, right? Yeah. That could uh, be. <laughs> so anyway, um, <laughs> the rummager—that's Josh's game idea yeah. for the future. But I, 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 it still does. It just does raise that mind that the question of like, why do I like doing this? I don't um, know, Josh. Why do you like doing that? Because <laughs> did you? Were you the so type that would go bad. find your Christmas presents? Uh, every year in your parents' bedroom. Oh yeah, no, not, not only that, but then I would spoil it to my sister, and I'd show her where the presents are, and I'd be like, "Look, See? here's where they are. Santa Claus is a lie. It Mom hasn't and Dad, stopped. Mom and Dad lie, 
So and all you're doing is continuing sinful traits from your childhood. This explains yeah. why Transistor made sense to you and did not make sense to me at all. Hey, hey, Transistor is about the intimacy between Red and the guy in the Transistor. That are, that's what it's all about, man. The sword. Come on. Love the sword. The, it's, it's, the the sword. Best, it's the best illustration of intimacy that I've seen in games. Anyway, all right. So this, uh, this oh, show's been over for about five minutes. Yeah, we just No, it hasn't. This is the best show ever. Yeah, we just, <laughs> it's gone forever. Theology Don't Gaming. Don't let it go. The Theology Gaming Longest oh, Podcast. Well. Oh, I think yeah, I only have 59, 50 lives left in in this window because each time that you you die, you lose a day, and you have to make sure you do, do successful heists so that you can get to that final successful heist at Scotland Yard. And it's weird. <laughs> and with that, that's the end of the OG Gaming podcast. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll see you guys next time. Bye bye. Next, next time, I'm gonna write down the questions beforehand so I don't like screw everything all up as yes. I did this time. Yeah, <laughs> you screw it up. I don't know. It will I always think I screw Scotland Yard together.